back again. Another good episode in the books. Uh, for those that listened to the episode last week, gave me some feedback on it. Definitely appreciate it. I know it's a sensitive topic, especially in today's climate. So again, shout out to my guy, Gabby, for jumping on there with me. Um, for those that didn't catch it, please go back and listen to episode, I believe it's 40. Uh, we talked about uh, racial tension in America. We talked about what we thought our definition was of white privilege and some of the benefits that go along with it. But it's crazy how I dropped that episode February the 1st, which happens to be the first day of Black History Month. I definitely didn't plan it to be that way, but it's ironic that it fell on Black History Month. And since all of that has happened, a couple of situations occurred that kind of further uh, lets me know that what we were talking about and what I said is somewhat true. You know what? I don't even want to say somewhat. It is true. So uh, I got Coach Keith in the building with me today. What's going on, Mr. Keith? What up, what up, y'all? Definitely appreciate you uh, jumping on the podcast. And you were... You were one of the first ones to give me some feedback, and I definitely appreciate you listening to it. So just overall, you know, is there anything that, that you want to add to it or something you want to discuss in regards to that conversation? I mean, it was, like I said, it was very interesting when I, you know, when I heard it. And it's like, it was something, it, 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 it was, you know, and man, first off, I want to shout, I want to shout out your man, um, Gabi, right? Yep. I want, to, I want to shout him out for even taking the time to, you know, to, to be engaged in the conversation because a lot of time it becomes about race, you know, it's it's kind of not discussed. Or if it is discussed, it's, you know, you can go around it. And the fact that he was willing to willing to be open and honest and, you know, get his point of view and also be transparent and like, hey, there's there some things that I don't know, some things I want to know. You know, this is my viewpoint on some things. You know, I, you know, I want to give a shout out to him. And it, like I said, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I listened to it and I kind of jumped right in because, like, you know, it was very interesting to hear him talk. And it's like, even though he was open to willing to learn about his privilege, a lot of the things he said was like, you know, just to me, you know, I'm, I, you know, I don't know the man personally, but I can't say. You know what he, you know what he feels or don't feel. Just like man, he, he said it from I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to say a prudent point of view, but you but but but, but you can't tell the way that he um, you can't tell from his from his point of view is what he sees on the outside, not so much you know not so much on where he's where where he's been you know on the inside looking from the out like I have you know um, you know me, me me and you have talked you said you know. You openly admit, you know, hey, you know, I'm just a country boy. You know, I'm a country boy who came up, you know, moved into the city. And so once I got here, my viewpoints changed about, like, about the stuff, you know, stuff that happened in the West End. Well, I'm happy to, you know, I live in the West End. I grew up in the West End, so a lot of the things that are said about the West End is like, man, I just wish somebody would take five minutes to come and see that, you know, why bad stuff does happen. You know, ninety-five percent of the stuff that comes out of the West End is great. You no, know, you know, it, it, you know, the West End is a place of love. The West End, you know, is a place of community. Yeah, we got our problems. Yeah, we got our issues. But a lot of our problems and issues come from the fact that we're neglected and ignored. You know, when you when when, when, you, when you leave a man 
his own defense, his own vice, because he got to come up how he can. And sometimes the decisions that we make as a people you know, might not be the best thing, but that's what happens when, you know, when you can look around and the West End, a uh, 30, 30, 40 mile radius, there's two grocery stores. You know, there's, you know, you know there's, uh, there's a liquor store on every corner. There's a family dollar every three corners, but there's two grocery stores. You know, there's no, you know, there's a couple restaurants, but they're all fast food. There's no sit-down restaurants. No, there's not sit-down restaurants or anything like that. So, like, you know, I just wanted to speak up, you know, for the love that, that is going on in the West End, you know, and to, you know, just to, you know, talk about some of the things that, you know, that, that's going on. Exactly. And, the, the, the positives. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, and, and definitely, that's why I'm, I'm glad that you're on here as well. Because like you said, you grew up. So when you hear some of the negative things that are attached to it and you know the truth, you you want to step up to defend that. Because like you said, it all boils back down to the, the resources. And if you come from an area where resources are very scarce or limited, then like you said, you do what you got to do to make it. And I think that's what sometimes gets lost in that shuffle and when we talk about things such as privilege and people don't understand that it's like at the end of the day you have to take the cars that was handed to you but you know that you're working with a fixed deck already already so you can't fault me for doing whatever it is that i need to do to put food on the table put a roof over my children's head with the resources that I have. And like you said, it's, it's only two grocery stores or restaurants. You can't even just sit down and have a nice meal if you want to. And when I was staying with my mother-in-law, when I first moved here, it was plenty of nights where I'm like, man, I'm starving, but you got to go across over to Indiana or you got to drive all the way out St. Matthews and all that just to sit down. So I get it. And I understand that. And like you said, I'm, I'm going to touch on it in regards to the previous episode. And my friend, Gabby, and I know he's going to listen to this. Once I listened to the playback, yes, it was an open conversation. But at certain times through that conversation, it was like, I'm trying to explain to you our position. But you kind of counter it with, well, this is this. So like you kind of alluded to, it's like it's not necessarily that you took the time to step into somebody else's shoes to actually understand what they were saying. It's like you hear it. Of course, he said that his parents didn't raise him to see people for anything other than who they are. But with everything going on in this country, you also have to use what you were taught and try to educate your peers. If you see somebody saying something that that goes against how you was raised, then do you feel like it's an an obligation or a duty of yours to try to help fix that? Or is it one of those situations where it's like, well, I'm not losing anything from it, so I'm not going to step up. So I so I get that. And that's why it's like it's a it's a never ending conversation because it's something that you're not just going to fix overnight. But. After I dropped that and released it, a few days after that, the 
Lakers go and play the Atlanta Hawks down in Atlanta. And next thing you know, social media blows up. And it's LeBron and some fan. LeBron had a fan kicked out because they were heckling him. And everybody's like, oh, my God, LeBron is so soft. He's a PU, you know what? And this is before you actually got the context of what actually happened. So before anything was revealed to the rest of the world, people had already formed an opinion that LeBron is at fault for what happened to those people. But then as I started watching the lady's Instagram and the videos and stuff that she's posting, she's calling LeBron all kind of B-I-T-C-H's. He's a this, he's a that. And then she, where I feel like she made her mistake was she said in her video that her husband doesn't like LeBron. So it's like you come to a basketball game, you're sitting courtside and somebody that you don't even know on a personal level, you already have some kind of built up emotion, some kind of built up anger towards this person. And you go all the way to the extreme of you're going to sit here and talk stuff to him every time he comes up and down the court and you expect him not to respond. But then when he does respond, now you're the victim. And I'm saying to myself, that's that's another example of this privilege that we all know exists. And it's just like I was I was blown back by it because at first she's crying. Oh, my God, we got kicked out. How can this happen? We didn't do anything. I'm just taking up for my husband. But then once you start getting the full evidence of all of this, now it's like, wait a minute. Y'all been sitting around having a few drinks and you felt entitled because all she kept talking about was we we paid for courtside seats. I don't know if you saw it, but she's sitting her going off about her her shoes and her outfit, her jewelry. Some little young 25 year old girl who's with a 50 or 60 year old guy. So not to judge anybody, but at the same time, it's kind of like, all right, we, we know that situation. He's just a little sugar daddy. She see he got money. He wants something young to be on his own while he's sitting courtside at the game. So we already know that situation. But it's like you feel like you can go to a sporting event and you can say whatever you want to to these athletes and they're not supposed to say nothing back. And that's that whole shut up and dribble thing. So it's like talk about that for me. Like what is your perspective on that? I mean, dude, I think it's absolutely insane. Because like, okay, you know me, I love sports. You know, you know, I, I can go watch three kids in a park for a Jealous, get back mindset, and then, like you said, but now that 
you know, I do all this to get a response. Now that I got the response, oh my God, I'm heartbroken. I'm hurt. They kicked me out the game. Well, lady, you disrupt a professional basketball game. You went, you know, you went into a, you went into, like you said, you went into this arena with the whole sole purpose of getting a reaction. And now, as you get the reaction, that all the two things that probably, you know, your five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, whatever you pay, entitles you to, to talk to the man how you want to, and he's got to take it. Where else can you go and do that? You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a. You can't go to anywhere else and expect to do that and get away with it. But you think that because my money on so much power that I can do what I want if I do is absolutely insane. It's like, I just don't get it. And like you said, the first thing that happened, as soon as it happened, you see the pocket out here. And, and now she's the victim. And even though she spent and her husband, like you said, it wasn't just that game. They were done a previous game. Right. Harassing that man, harassing that man, harassing that man. Now that I'm coming back and I'm saying something back to you, that I'm the victim, because oh, you can't talk to me. I'm just a fan. No, and 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 that's the issue, dude. And it's like it's it's always been that way. So it ain't even just LeBron. It's like if you go all the way back in time in history and you think about gladiator sports, history tells us that oftentimes the upper class use slaves and the the lower class people for their entertainment. They threw them into this ring and fight to the death for the upper class entertainment. And it's like, if you fast forward now, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, but it's always been my perspective. I necessarily hadn't been too vocal on it. But if you really look at it in a sense, it's like you come to these arenas, you have billion dollar owners and you take these athletes and you dump them down on this court and people pay to come in and watch them play. So if you spend your hard earned money and you sitting in this in this crowd to watch them play, you feel like you can throw your trash at them. You can throw your bottles at them. You can do all this stuff. Talk to them any kind of way. But if they actually say something back to you, you're you're blown back by it. You, oh, my God, they had the audacity to speak to me or say something back or actually have some kind of pride about themselves and want to say something back. And it's like you treat these athletes as if they're not human. They're just pure entertainment. So it's the same way, it's the same way when you see it all, all the time in not just athletics, you see it at the local Walmart. We're in the middle of a pandemic that's been going on since March of last year. Unless you happen to come out of a coma, you have to know what's going on. But because I don't want to wear a mask, but yet I want to have the right to go do what I want to do, be damned to everybody else, so I don't have to follow the rules that everybody else has because I'm going to spend my money to get what I want. And since you're on my way, to hell with you and everybody else, everybody else will try to stop me. It's like, what kind of privilege, what, what kind of, who do you think you are? Where, to where I have to cowbell and, and tiptoe around you because you think that your little $2 is more important than my life. Exactly. What, uh, you know, how, you know, how, do you, you know, how is it that you think that, you know, 
you can come into my establishment. This is my personal establishment that I that I'm paying for that I'm offering a service to you, but because you feel that you deserve to do as you please, I have to bend my rules for you. And it's like, well, what? It's like I just don't understand that mindset to where you think that you can just do as you please because you got a couple more dollars than I do. And some in some of these cases, you don't even have more money than I do. You just think that your money has that much power, and it doesn't. It's like really. I mean, you know, privilege blows me away. Like you said, then when you try to explain to people what it is, it's like even when you are point blank dead, dead precise on an example, they still got a way to be like, oh no, that's just them. But no, it's not because I can tell you, I can give you seventeen more cases just like this. Just happened to where you know it's not even, it's not even, you know, it's. It's, it's, it's a mindset. It's not, a, you know, it's not an individual. It's not just this person. It's, it's a mindset to where you feel that your little $2 gives you that much power to where you have the power over another person. It's like, bro, I feel fancy. Maybe because, you know, maybe because I've never been in that power up to this. I never had the enough power to where I could feel like that. But it's like, man, I just don't get it. At all. And and, and, and and like you said, when you when you highlight it, it's still met with a lot of pushback on it. Because it's like when I met my wife at UK, she's a diehard Louisville fan. And I'm saying to myself, like, what in the world? So we actually went to the UFK, uh, UK uh, UFL football game. She pulls out this big old UFL jersey. And I'm saying to myself, I was like, dude, there's no way that I'm going to walk in here with her knowing that she has this on. I was like, you're going to bring so much attention to yourself. But she did not give a care in the world. She's like, I'm, I'm rocking my jersey. I don't care. So it took me a minute because I'm like, I already know she's going to get heckled. I already know people are going to say stuff to her. But luckily, it didn't get too out of hand. So at that time, she was also a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, she's going to get mad when I call her out on this because now all of a sudden she's a Tom Brady, uh, New England faithful. I don't know what she is now since he's down there in Tampa Bay with your guys. But uh, we was going to go to a Cincinnati Bengals game. And she pulls out this Heinz Ward jersey. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going if you if you wear that. Like, that's one of those situations where that's a real rivalry. Like, I'm not sitting in those stands with a bunch of drunk. There's a different atmosphere between college students and full-grown adults drunk. And I was like, I'm not getting into no altercation with you because you want to wear this Heinz Ward jersey. So she was still like, I don't understand what the problem is. I'm aware it, blah, blah, blah. But we didn't get that real example until me and her went to a Kentucky-Tennessee game at Rupp Arena. And we were sitting in the stands, and two Tennessee fans were coming down the steps. And, of course, everybody in that section started booing them or whatever. And one of the guys turned around, and he started saying stuff back. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody throws a full cup of Coke, dumped it on him. And I'm saying to myself, like, all of that is unnecessary when it comes to just coming to an event to watch a game. And like you said earlier, it's like, yeah, you trash talk, you know, have fun with it. But once you start getting disrespectful, now you don't cross the line. So that's where I'm just like, dude, like, it's, it's crazy to me. That's why, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm banned from Arena right now. I, I think I might be on a permanent <laughs> list. But you know me, I'm, you know, like I said, hey, I'm, 
I'm Louisville all day. So I was there. I went to a game. Like you said, it was it wasn't even a Louisville Kentucky game. It was it was I don't know. It was a, a nobody. But of course, I'm in my Louisville year. And somebody start talking all trash, bro. Hey man, look, it ain't number the game. It ain't between us. But he up on talking, so I had to touch him. That's like I know we coming down them bleachers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hey, man, he can Definitely. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's, that's just another example of, of that privilege. And I ain't going to stick on that too long. Like I said, you know, we, we was on that other episode for almost two hours. So yeah. I thought it was just ironic that I dropped that. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff starts happening. And then the next topic I want to talk about is the N-word. Because also this week, I start seeing all these articles and people making these comments about this country musician, uh, Morgan Wallen, whatever his name. I've never heard of him a day in my life. And I'm sitting there like, man, what is everybody talking about now? So I go to click on the article and... I see where TMZ released some kind of footage where I guess dude was drunk, whatever the case may be, but you could tell that he was upset and he starts hurling off all these cuss words and this and that. And then all of a sudden he drops the end bomb Mm -hmm. and listening to the video, you could tell how he meant it. Mm -hmm. He was saying it in a negative sense. Right. So, when you look at the comments and look at the backlash, first of all, where I am going to say I'm proud of how it all happened because immediately he started getting banned from radio. I saw where I heart and them, they start pulling his music. Uh, other streaming services start pulling his music. His record label suspended the contract and all of that. So that was a fast reaction, which kind of shows you that hopefully things are slowly making a turn for the best because in the past that might not have happened so swiftly exactly but in the meantime social media is going berserk and i saw so many people trying to justify it well rap music every other word is the n-word why is it that they can say it and we can't say it why should he have to lose his career for a simple mistake. We all make mistakes. And the more research I've done, it's like he done been in hot water before for similar situations and he's intoxicated and then let, let the alcohol get the best of him. So it's like, you can't say that this was a simple mistake because if you listen to how he used it, he meant what he said. And it's like, I, I, I don't know how to approach this in 2021 because this conversation has been had so many times and I'm guilty of it myself. I use the word. I use it more than I should. And I actually try to work on that because it's like, how can I tell somebody else not to use it or not to say it, but then I turn around and say it. But in my opinion, that word belongs to us now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how do you feel about the N word? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, of course, I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I feel like you feel like, as you know, we, you know, that's our word. We can do what we want. And, and, and the thing about it is, 
that's the one thing that they can't have and they hate it because in every other situation they can have whatever else they want they can have you know they can have our culture they can have our hairstyle they can have our anything else they they've been able to take back and you know oh this belongs to us now this bar except for that word and they hate it and, and, and like you said they try to justify well you use it like this if you use it you know if because if you use it between yourself you know that's one thing but i have never heard a white person say it as a term of endearment every single time i've heard it been said from their mouth it's in a hateful manner, and that's and, and that's and that's what they don't realize. You know, I never, you know, I, you know, you know, I've never heard like, oh, that's my dog, that's my boy, that's my blah blah. No, nah, it's always that, and, and it's, and, you know, if they don't realize how much hate, you know, how much hate they use. That's in their, in their, that's in their voice. Like I think that I read it, and I think that he said that he was saying it to, you know, another white guy. So there, so that's I, I heard that argument. Well, he was saying to the white guy, so how's it racist? It's the hate behind. It. Exactly. When you you, you said it in a in a negative tone. When you say when when you say that when, when you say that word, you bring your four hundred plus years of hatred with you. You're not saying it as a term of endearment. You're not saying it as nothing. Even if you say it to another white person, in between them two, you're saying it in a, in a hateful way. Even when I, you know, like I said, I quit using the word because I noticed that nine times out of ten when I use it, I was using it in a negative way myself. I'll do this to the guys to say, them dudes over there, this and that. And that's like, hold up, bro. I gotta quit using it because I can't get mad. I can't get mad at the hate they feeling if I'm if I'm still in that same hatred. And so, like, you know, I work on myself to where I try to quit using it. You know, I, you know, I was like, hold up, you know, and I, you know, and I, so when I, so when I do say it, it's like, oh man, you know, I gotta, I gotta snap back to cool because you know I can't, you know, be mad at them if I'm if I'm using the same hateful manner. But I think that's the I think that that is the crux of it. They're mad that they can't use it. It's, you know, it, you know, that's, that's the one word that as soon as it's said, it, it, you know, it's spotlight and flashbulbs that, you know, it's, oh, now, now I got to, now I got to backtrack. Now I got to, you know, give the same sorry, you know, the same sorry, you know, I won't do it if I don't know the sensitivity training and all that stuff. Like you said, that's why I'm, that's why I am glad that country music you know, they cut it. You no, know, they cut it off at the knees. They're like, "Look, hey, bro, this ain't the, you know, it's, it's, it's ain't the country music of the sixties and the seventies. You know, we try to change. You know, yeah, we still, you know, we still love our, you know, we still love, you know, we, we still love our, our sound, and we still love our our country ways. But you know, we ain't with the hate no more. And so, like you said, I'm, I, I, I am glad that you know that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something where, where we had to beg and plead them to. They went ahead. They handled that. They handled that on their own. So it's like you know, I'm actually kind of glad. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm proud of. Like you said, slowly but surely, things have changed. You know, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, may, it may be one mile per hour, but it's still, it's still moving in a positive direction. So I'm glad to. Right, that, right. That, you know, that direction. But look, though, man. But here's here's the kicker with all of it. And like you said, you know, they they acted swiftly, cut it off at the knees. But I read an article from Billboard that said that the album sales went up by three hundred and thirty nine percent. People went out and physically bought twenty two thousand plus copies 
in support of the radio dropping his 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 songs or iHeartRadio cutting some of the streaming and this and that. So that in its own self, in my opinion, from my perspective, shows you the tone of this country. It's like I'm gonna hit one better. Go ahead. The Kenosha killer, a kid, gets an assault rifle, calls himself being a patriot, goes across state lines to the end of store, gets in tool with somebody, realizes that hey, I got a gun, I got a power, shoots two people, kills another, folks are donating to his defense fund. The judge thought, okay, cool. I'm gonna post a two, I'm gonna give him a two million dollar bail to keep him in jail. He was out. He was out. What? Within a week? Within a week, he was already out. And now that he's out, they can't find him. They can't find him. He's on the run. They can't find him. That's more privilege. Dude, mind blown. How if I did that? I should be in jail. So we, so, so we talk about that a a country music singer is getting support from his fans, a murderer, someone who legit murdered people, was able to walk past the cops with a little smoking gun, had his hands up in the air. Hey, guys, I'm guilty. I just killed somebody. Oh, okay. Go home. Thank you, sir. For your, thank you for your service. He goes to water. Walked home. Was able to go home. Knowing that he's a knowing that he's a murderer, once again, he was able to be arrested without incident. Got locked up. They paid him. Got out. Went back acting a fool in public, drinking, hanging. In his, in, the judge had to rewrite the judgment to the bail. You cannot hang out with white supremacists. It's crazy, Adrian. Adrian, they had to put in a legal document. A legal court binding document that you can't publicly hang out with white supremacists, and he's still out because the rules don't apply. Because the rules don't apply, and that's why I'm saying it's like, dude, like, th- what other examples do you need? Like, you have access to the same information that we have access to, and that's a that's a great example. And you're right, but real quick, going back, going back to the, to the N word thing because I I want to speak my piece on that. And it's like, okay, y'all are upset that he's being held accountable for his actions to the point to where you're going out to buy his album just out of pure spite. Mm -hmm. Like, it ain't even no good intentions behind it other than you support what he said. You're going to stand behind him. You don't care that he said it and how he said it. So to show that I'm going to go buy his music and then you try to, well, y'all say it. So why can't we? And like we just alluded to, you said a term of endearment. And that's why I said I'm guilty of it. Growing up, I've always said it. Young teenager, we riding around or hanging out and we just throwing the word around casually. And it's like. We've gotten so numb to the word to where we've changed the meaning of it to try to get rid of some of that hurt to where you take some of that that meaning out of it because the word has always been used to put us down. 
So now that we've turned this word around and it to us is meaningless, no disrespect to our elders who fought and went through all kind of hardship because of that word. So I don't want people to get angry with what I'm saying, but I'm just trying to give you my pers- perspective on it. It's like we've we've changed that meaning of the word to where now it doesn't hurt. Now we just throw it around because to us it's meaningless. Yes, it's in our music. It's in our lyrics. But at the end of the day, the music was intended for our culture. You can't infiltrate our culture, but then turn around and try to use these words to your advantage to step on us even more. So don't say why. How can you use it? But I can't use it because you're trying to use it in a totally different sense than what I'm trying to use it. So when I see people say that, it it pisses me off because I'm like, don't act like it's not fair that you can't use it. You wasn't trying to use it the same way I want to use it anyway. So it's like, that's that's the issue. And like you said, I'm working on it. Shout out to my cousin Charles because he's been telling me for years. He's like, man, I don't use that word no more. When I hear other uh, black people saying it and using it, it makes me mad. I take offense to it because of all the stuff that people have had to go through because of that word and what people are still going through because of that word. And the more and more we use it, the more and more they feel like, well, hell, I can use it, too. And that's the perfect example through all of this. And that's why I was just, I was blown back because I'm like, come on, man. This today's February the 5th. We five days in the black history month, man. Like, why are we, why are we going through this right now? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. But I'm, I'm going to get off of that for, for right now, because it's like, like I said, the previous episode, we talked about it for two hours. I just wanted to, to touch on it real quick. Because it's relevant, like we we got a a full like shot to the face of pure evidence of why we say what we say and why we think what we think, and I just wanted to highlight that. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I Teach it, 
by then it's too late. And that's all I, I, that's all I, that's all I gotta say about that. If you want to counter, I'm listening. But and that's fair. That's fair, and I'm glad you said that because that's also something that came up. And I recorded it and I had sent the video to Gabi. So I uploaded the last episode on February the 1st, first day of Black History Month. And for those that haven't listened, like you said, I made a statement of I feel like we're teaching our kids black history at an early age. And I feel like having to go through that. It has a negative impact later on down the road. We're teaching young minds that certain groups of people belong to another group of people and it shapes their opinions and perceptions of different groups. So you're right. You can't just wipe it away. You can't just wash it under the table. You have to explain it to them. And like you said, in a way that they understand. February the 1st was Monday. My kids are upstairs doing NTI. I'm downstairs working. I go upstairs and use the bathroom or whatever I was doing. And they were talking about Harriet Tubman. And in them describing and talking about Harriet Tubman, they were talking about slavery, how slaves were whipped, how they were beaten. And they were talking about how Harriet Tubman had got so beat to where she was having seizures and all this and that. My kids are blown away. Peyton is like, oh my God, that's so sad. What is slavery? Like this is, it's not, they were watching a video. So it ain't like the teacher was teaching it. They was watching a video. So they're watching this video and they have so many questions and this is all through computer. So it ain't like they can physically just, all right, stop. What is this? What happened? And they're only six. So I'm saying to myself, you introduced a six-year-old child to somebody that's being whipped or lynched or beat. And then you start talking about the severity of which they got beat to where it caused them to have reactions later on down the road. And they did go into the part to where she escaped, but instead of her just going on, she turned around and came back to help others. So yes, there is some positive in that, but I'm saying that for my kids, they sat there and they was almost traumatized. And I recorded it to make sure people don't think, oh, man, you just making that up. I recorded it. And I was just like, dude, like we literally just talked about this on the podcast. And here we go. Two days later, they're talking about it in class. That's why I say we need to, that's why I say as educators, we need to change the way we present it. Like you said, if all you know is slavery, if all they show is, like you said, we belong to people, and we, you know, if, if all you see is a negative, you have a negative connotation, and it also gives white people power to say, oh, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. We can take you right back there. And that's what I think. So we need to highlight the Amanda Gorman and the Kamala Harrison and the Barack Obama and the Michael Jordans and the LeBron Jameses and the, you know, the Carl Lewis's and the Muhammad Ali. And, you know, we need to, you know, we need to, we need to balance that because one of the problems that when we teach black history, it starts in slavery. It starts said that, like, that, that, that brutal, traumatized moment when they, when they don't realize we are the first, we are the first people to touch this earth. 
if you actually look at Africa, Africa is not a is not a country. Africa is a continent. Africa is a beautiful place. Africa has what well, almost every resource that every resource that that powers the that powers the world right now comes from Africa. The Romans, the Greeks, you know, the Europeans, all these different civilizations came to Africa to see how we did it, to see how our plumbing was, to see how our buildings were built, how our lives were, you know, our language, our writing, our medicine, our thing took it, adapted it, and then stole it. You know, when they, when they, when they was like, hold up, we want to do this, we want to do that. What they did, they went and seen our kings, our queens, our warriors, and stole them. Me and my wife talked about that after I recorded that episode. And what I was saying to her is I'm like, I'm not necessarily saying don't teach anything, but it's like every year, like clockwork, Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, you touch on the same people every year. And all the stuff that you just mentioned, unless you do your own research and start learning about your culture and learning about things that were never taught in school, most people will never know that. And you would have another misconception about Africa because on TV, all they show you is mud huts and poverty. When, like you said, some of the most beautiful places on this planet are in Africa. So they try to cram all this stuff into the shortest month on the calendar year. And I'm saying to my wife, because she's a teacher, I'm like, if they take all of the famous African-American inventors or talk about the influence that African-Americans have had on everyday things that we use on a day-to-day -day basis, you can take that whole month and talk about all kinds of things in a sense of how African-Americans contributed to this country. And that in its own self might uplift some of our African-American kids and make them think positive. It's like, you know what? I can be a famous inventor. I can be a famous athlete. Look at what Barack Obama was able to go through and come out on the other side and become the president. God be did allude to Barack Obama's upcoming and where he came from. So I'll give him credit for that. But it's like there's too many things that African-Americans have contributed to the entire world mm -hmm. that in our educational system gets swept under the rug. And I know for a fact that in school, we spent plenty of time on Greek, Roman, Egyptians, and this and that. But then when it comes to African-American studies and history, we talk about the same few people every year. Yep. And it's like, okay, well, that's enough. Enough of that. Let's get back to our regular routine soon as March 1 comes around. Oh, man. And, and, and that's the truth. But I think, that, like you said, I think, but I, I think that slowly but surely, like I said, it's going a mile and it's going a mile an hour. But I think that slowly but surely, it's starting to be put out there. Exactly, because Angelina was telling me about a meeting. I don't know if, if you was in on that meeting, but uh, mm -hmm. the principal was saying, you know what, we got to find other things to talk about and to tend to discuss with these students. And I feel like, dude, I was like, that's the key. Quit mm -hmm. focusing on the trauma of what happened, because at the end of the day, you don't teach it in a sense of African-Americans were slaves. This was a terrible thing. This was bad. You just show that it happened and then you move on. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Have you read the book? So you want to talk about race? No, I haven't. Read it. I promise you, read it. So you want to talk about race? That's the name of. You know what? I think I do remember her reading that. Was that last year? No, this year. This is this is the book study we just did a couple months ago. We did it over Christmas. We did it for the first half of the year. Okay, well then maybe that's when I saw it or something else that she had to read. Okay. It was, it was, probably, it was probably that. Read that book. I mean, it, it talks about microaggressions. And it, it actually touches on, you know, why can't you use the N word and why can't you touch my hair? And, you know, uh, you know, it talks about affirmative action, you know, the prison, the, you know, the prison, uh, the preschool, the prison pipeline, all that. You know, get, get, get the book from her. If she ain't got the physical copy of the book, let me know. I'm, I'm bring you mine. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. So again, the name of that was "So You Want to Talk About Race." So you want to talk about race by Ujomu Oloa. Perfect, perfect. Definitely appreciate that. And like I said, man, that that's that's just what it boils down to at the end of the day. From this point moving forward, you have to be willing to talk about it, and you have to be willing to accept what somebody's telling you, and apply it moving forward. So it's just it's an educational thing. But yeah. like I said, don't just sit there and focus on the negative because it's too many positives that that came from that. Yeah. It's too many inventors. It's too many people that that actually had an influence on everyday life, stuff that we still use to this day. Talk about that. Talk about that. So definitely appreciate it. So real quick, man, real quick, you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, man. You know it. I've been going at you since the first day we heard that Tom Brady was going to Tampa. And I told y'all we was going to do it, and we did. Y'all thought I was crazy. Y'all told me, y'all thought I was crazy. I said, we going, and we went, so keep going. Kudos to you, man, definitely. You you called it. You called it. And I was one of them people where it's like, man, the last time we saw Tom Brady, it just looked like he fell off a cliff. And I understand he didn't have a lot of the weapons that he had in uh, New England. And I don't blame him for wanting to leave. Not only that, you leave in a cold environment, come down to sunny Florida. Uh, you got Evans. You bring Gronk out of retirement. Later on in the year, you grab A.B. Miller. I didn't see Miller coming. Tom Brady and Miller got this connection that is just like, I can't explain it. And I honestly thought Green Bay, after the way y'all beat Green Bay in the regular season, I was like, dude, Aaron Rodgers is going to be peed off. It's at Lambeau. It's cold. I was like, man, them Florida boys don't want none of that that, that cold air. But y'all defense right now, man. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's not even a defense. The defense is playing. It's that running game, man. We found one of the, the, the reason we got busted by New Orleans is because we won't. Arians, he likes to chuck it around the yard, man. But we finally, he finally realized to, to, to do it, to do it in the playoffs, you got to have a running game. You ain't got to, you know, you ain't, your running back ain't got to have 300, 400 yards. All you got, it's, it's about the carries, man. It's about the carries, to keep them honest. You got to have 20 carries. You got to have, you know, you got to have them 25 touches. Because it keeps them honest, because with that, like you said, with that play action, Tom Brady, Tom Brady can hand, put it in the stomach, pull it back out, hit Evan, put it in the stomach, pull it back out, hit Guac. You know he can do that, but you can't do it if you ain't got a running game. Right, and right now y'all got a fresh leg for net, dog. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
people i was one of them people nah normally I, here, here's where my i respectfully disagree when it came in at but i can't say that because in the beginning i was one of them man belichick is cold because i was looking at the years that tom brady got hurt jimmy g come in there was no drop off uh who was the other dude yeah i was like there's no drop off and I was just like, dude, Tom Brady's just a beneficiary of, of that system. But what really changed my mind was how focused he was against New Orleans in the playoffs. Because I was just sitting there like, dude, why is he not trying to throw these bombs? Why is he trying not to do this and do that? And I got a group chat with some of my family, and they was just like, dude, they, they New England fans. So they was like, man, you don't know Tom. Tom's not going to be one of them guys that force it like Aaron Rodgers. Once Aaron Rodgers get mad, he just starts slinging it. And it showed up in the game against y'all. When they came out of halftime after y'all scored that bomb to Miller, Green Bay gets the ball back at halftime, and they go five wide. I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, five wide? I think he threw an incompletion on the first one. They line up five wide again. They might have got three or four yards. They line up five wide again, and that's when y'all smack Jones, scoop and score. And I'm, remember, remember on the goal line when he was forced, he was forcing, he was forcing Adams the ball. They had a one. The tight end was open in one corner. He forced it to he forced it to Adams on the first play. The second, he had a running back in the flat, forced it to Adams again. I mean, it's like dude. It was, it was, and it, like, honestly, dude, I'm being honest, like, that's the first time that I can recall seeing Aaron Rodgers shook. Normally, you can be like, you know what, man, Green Bay defense is trash. They give up too many points. Aaron Rodgers done his job. But Green Bay's defense that first half, man, Tom Brady made them look terrible. But they made up for it in the second half. So I was just waiting. I was like, you know what, Aaron Rodgers, he's got to deliver. Tom Brady threw three picks in the second half. He's got to deliver. But, he, man, he couldn't even pick up a first down. And I'm sitting there like, dude, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? And like you said, he just kept forcing it to Adams. He was Y'all just rushed him. Like, his whole thinking process was thrown out the window. So that's where I'm, I'm saying I give credit to Tom Brady because in that New Orleans game, he – he took what the defense was giving him. 
He he never tried to do anything over the top to where he's just forcing it, forcing it, because I think that's what cost Drew Brees. Plus the fact that Drew Brees can't throw a deep ball no more. So it's like Drew Brees, in my opinion, shouldn't have played that game. He shouldn't have. Because because like, because if you listen to after the game, what everybody on Tampa defense said, he can't throw deep. If we sit on the slant, we're gonna shut it down. What they do? They set on a slant. Mike Thomas can't get nowhere and Drew Brees couldn't throw over his head. We win. Exactly. So, you can't wait till Sunday. So, I already know who you're riding with. Because, like I said, you've been firing the cannons on me all year. <laughs> you've been firing the cannons all year. So, what are your predictions? Because I keep seeing where Kansas City, some of their offensive linemen are out. Yeah. And if that is the case, I'm like, dude, y'all front four finna eat them alive. If, if we can get any kind of pressure on them, we can win. But if we can't, like, like if we can't, it's, I mean, it, it, they, they're, they're a trap team. I mean, it, it's, I mean, I mean if, 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 if Mahomes can, can get to that third, can get to that third step and let it go, can't nobody, can't nobody run, can't nobody run with Tyreek. I mean, it, it's, 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 I don't care what, I mean, it's just, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than that because um, after the game Hill had the first time, surely y'all know now to double it. <laughs> like, I, I rather, uh, and I think Watkins is questionable too, ain't he? Yeah, Watkins is questionable. Uh, they they got the. the they, they're, they're getting the center out. They're, they're getting the center out of COVID um, protocol. They get and Hardman out of out of out of protocol. They lost Fisher, and I think I read today they lost the defensive back. Oh wow! And so and so and so, like you said, if we can get any kind of pressure, if we can get any kind of pressure, we can. But the thing about it is, they're so quick. I mean, it's you know, if we miss, you know, he just throw it over the middle to Kelsey. You know, if he, you know, like I said, if, 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 he, if he can get, if he can get, if he gets that, if he gets that back foot and let it go, you got to heal over the top. And so it's like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for him. And like I, I, I think, I think it will be, I think it will be high scoring because either Hill or Kelsey's gonna get two, gonna get two touchdowns. That's by themselves. I think, I think that he, I think he runs in one, but then there's. Then somebody, somebody's going to show up and do something. That's why I think it's going to get, it's, it's going to get up there. And with, and with us, I think, I think we're going, I think because he likes to chuck it around the yard, we're going to get to him once. We're going to either get a fumble or interception return for a touchdown. And then that's definitely going to happen. I, I agree. I think for, I think for going, I think for going to run a couple. I think that you know Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, Gronk. They come back. We you know they get up by fourteen. We come back. I just think it's going to be a duel, 
and it's about whoever got the ball last. I definitely feel like it's going to come down to who has the ball last. I feel like it's wh- whoever wins is going to be a field goal. Um, yeah. So again, that's where my that's my only respectfully disagree is in the high scoring part. And again, the reason why I say that is because I feel like as poised as Tom Brady is, he's going to take what the Chiefs give him. And like you said a few minutes ago, it's like I feel like y'all are going to try to run the ball to keep Mahomes off the field. And then on the flip side, if they are missing these linemen and they don't have the impact to protect Mahomes, then it's going to be a lot of short dump downs, a lot of quick get it out of his hands. And to me, Mahomes don't work well that way. But he does it, but you have to realize the normal short duck down is a six, seven-yard game for the normal offense. You miss one tackle, he's going to hit his head on the goalpost. <laughs> I agree. Kelsey, and even with Kelsey, I mean, even you, even with Kelsey, that's still a 13, 14-yard game. It's like, dude, we just got him. He dumped the ball out. He threw the ball under his leg, off his toe. And it's a seven, and, and it's like, God, glad you can't get to that man. They definitely cold, definitely cold. So at the end of the day, it's going to boil down to y'all's front four and Kansas City's receivers. Yep. And before I knew that all the linemen and all that was out, I put my money on Mahomes because I just felt like they were they were too explosive. But, I, of course, I can't back out of my bets now, but it's like all signs now is like, this is, I think this is Tom Brady's. I think this is Tom Brady's. The only good thing about it is I'm in Facebook jail for the next 30 days, so <laughs> if I'm so win or lose, I can't say a word. So if, I, if we lose, I'm going to be broke, eat with only sandwiches, probably till my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet the house on this. So we lose. If you, if you see, if you see me out on Dixie Highway with a can in my hand, just give me, give me two dollars. I got you. I definitely got you. But if, I, if we win, oh my goodness, I'm eating lobster steak every day. Man, this, like I said, I can't wait. It's definitely gonna be a good yeah. one, man. Definitely. And shout out to my guy Sneed. I know he's a, he's a Kansas City fan, and I was hoping that I could get oh, both yeah. of y'all on here. To kind of get that feud going back and forth and kind of get his perspective on it, we'll I mean, see. If he's free, I mean, if he's, if he's free tomorrow, man, if he's free tomorrow, free Sunday morning, I mean, hey, just let me know. We, we, get, we, go, we go back and forth for a couple minutes, man. We can definitely figure that out then, definitely. Like I said, I, I definitely appreciate you being on here. I'll all get right, this all man. cleaned up, and we'll get it posted. All right, all right man. Appreciate you. Man. All right. All right. Yeah. No competition, I'm Nisha Coastal.